Sandra, Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, verse 12, therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your heart, and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him um, of, of the evil. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And we do thank you for your grace that is greater than all of our sin. Uh, we thank you for your throne of grace, and we can come there and find 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 uh, mercy and find find grace and, and mercy and grace to help in time of need and father we thank you and we praise you and, and i look to you tonight for that god just for the filling of your spirit uh, to minister uh, your word once again and thank you for the good services this morning for the sunday school classes and the morning worship service for those who came or with us online and we thank you for your word going forth and for, for what your spirit does in hearts and and Father, we uh, pray for Lisa tonight, watching the children. Father, bless her and be with her. And Father, I thank you for everyone uh, in this church that prays and serves just in the way that you lead them, God. And uh, you have brought us together. This is your church. You're building it. And Father, we thank you and we praise your name for it. So edify us once again. Build us by your word and by your spirit. Help us to glorify your name. And we're thankful that our prayer requests are before you. We know that uh, you can and, and will do that, is, that which is best for us and for your glory. And so, Father, help us in these things. And Lord, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right, we've been looking, uh, going through the uh, prophet Joel, and we have seen this... Uh, uh, great locust plague that he had in chapter 1 and it was uh, obviously a literal locust plague that they were suffering in Judea and very grievous so much so that they, they, they should consider the historical uh, uh, precedence of it it was such an amazing thing and they were to learn some things from it and it seems that God is using this local uh, event to speak even to the future about things to come he speaks of the day of the Lord. We found that uh, five or six times here in Joel and uh, mentioned one time as that day, other times as the day of the Lord. And uh, so we've been kind of learning, uh, learning about that. We uh, came to uh, Joel chapter 2 and saw that he has using the plague now to speak of uh, what seems of uh, days to come in the day of the Lord. We looked at the tribulation period. We compared uh, Joel 2 uh, 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 one uh, all the way uh, down there uh, through uh, oh let me see all the way through just about uh, verse uh, uh, 11 or so 11 and 12 there and uh, and we compared that uh, that locust army he's talking about there with the locust army in Revelation chapter 9 found some amazing comparisons there uh, so much so that it appears to me that he is uh, looking beyond maybe even some immediate attacks are going to come and looking to what God's going to be doing in the day of the Lord 
Uh, remember that uh, we compared that. We saw that it was, it, was, it was spoken of as a matchless day, much like Jesus said that there was no, no day like that in Matthew 24, speaking of the, speaking of the same time. And so it seems like he's even uh, reaching beyond what is coming as far as the Assyrian invasion and, and, the, and, and the Babylonian invasion and such, and looking into the very, very day of the Lord. Uh, we saw that, uh, uh, that having discussed uh, what looks like uh, this locust plague and such that would come in the day of the Lord in Revelation 9, then he calls his people to repentance and kind of applies it to the plague that, that, that's happening now. If we repent, God will bless us here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, God, God will work and, and, uh, and, you, and you, you, you know, use us here. And uh, we also see repentance in the day of the Lord. Israel will eventually repent and the remnant you know, will repent and return, return uh, uh, to the Lord. Uh, so in picking it up in Joel chapter 2 and verse 18, Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil. Ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Verse 20, but I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. Now, uh, so he speaks of the northern army. And I think this is reference to Ezekiel. I mentioned 30. I misspoke there last week. It's Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 30 is actually an earlier, uh, some, some earlier attacks. Uh, but Ezekiel 38, uh, I think, is a, is, a good, is a good reference to, to what would fit in this, in this place here. He says, uh, the Lord is going to be jealous for his land and pity his people. Uh, and then he speaks verse 19, which sounds like uh, millennial blessings. I'll send you corn, wine, oil. Uh, uh, you shall be satisfied therewith. No more make your reproach. Then verse 20, but I will remove far off from you the northern army. So he's going to remove the attackers and what? Set up the millennial kingdom. And it fits uh, right in with there. Let's look at Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel's talking about a battle here and uh, uh, we believe it's a battle in the, yet in the future. Some people say, well, that's just a battle we don't know about. It's some battle in the past that God's using for an illustration, and we don't really know where it was, and we have the basic idea geographically. We don't have any more details than what Ezekiel gives us, so, so we just don't know about that. But it seems like it's talking also about this future battle uh, during the tribulation period. Ezekiel 38.1, the Lord came unto me saying, Now, I want you to notice, before we get into Ezekiel 38, then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Now I want you to notice why the Lord says what he says through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 38. If you look in Ezekiel 38, we're going to be reading, reading some verses, uh, but if you look down at 19, in Ezekiel 38, in 19, he's going to tell us why he's said all these things up to 19. Ezekiel 38, 19. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Did you get that? And what did Joel say up here, Joel 2, 18? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land 
and, and piteous people. So I think G Ezekiel 38 fits in there to this jealousy of the Lord. God's going to be jealous for Israel when he sees him suffering to the tribulation. He's going to step in and do some things then, not specifically uh, as much recorded than Joel was in Ezekiel. Uh, we pick it up in Ezekiel. Son of man, set thy face against God, the land of Magog, Me goes on, Meshach, Tubal, prophesy against him. I'm against thee, O Gog, uh, uh, verse 3. I will turn thee back, verse 4, and put hooks into thy jaws. I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them, with all sorts of armor. Now, I want you to uh, realize that when he's talking about these armies, this being a future army in, in uh, the, the tribulation period coming you know, uh, in the land of Israel to the end, end of the tribulation there, when he's talking about horses and all these things, understand, the Israelites don't know about tanks. They don't know about, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, about Humvees, okay? Uh, they don't know about the military things that we have. So many times I think when what God is trying to, to make the, help the prophet understand is this is a great army. The way he did, as far as they knew armies, this is a great army. And we'll look at that. He says, he says I will bring, bring thee forth and, and thine army, horse, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor. You got that? Uh, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords describing a numerous and well-supplied army. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them, gathering of the nations, Gomer, his bands, verse 6, uh, of Togarma. Look, and look at what, look what it says. Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togarma, out of the north quarters. You got that? Out of the north quarters. Look back at Joel 2.20. I'll remove far off from you what? The northern army. The northern army. Uh, this army out of the north quarters comes. Uh, be thou prepared. Prepare thyself. Verse 7. All thy company are assembled with thee. Be thou guard unto them. Verse 8. After many days thou shalt be visited. Talking to this army that's going to come. In the later years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword. What land is that? Israel. Remember the peace treaty of the Antichrist signs there for, for, for the three, first three and a half years of the tribulation. It, uh, Israel's come back together to the land. There's a peace treaty sign. They're brought back. They're gathered out of many people. He's, this this army is going to come against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. They'll ascend. Why? Because any time you go toward Jerusalem, you're what? You're going uphill. Uh, so they're, so they're going to ascend. Uh, thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a, like a cloud to cover the land. Well, what are we talking about? Mighty armies that are gathered together. And all thy bands and many people with thee. So we have a confederation of nations coming, uh, I believe, against Israel there. Uh, verse 14 in Ezekiel 38. Therefore, son of man, prophesy, saying to God, thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwell in safety, shalt thou not know it? You're... These armies are going to eye this. Hey, uh, I think we could get down there and take these guys. And uh, shalt thou not know it? Uh, verse 15. And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts. Got that? They're coming down from the north. Thou and many people with thee. All of them riding on horses. A great company and a mighty army. And that's notable to those of Joel's time. All the army riding on horses. Uh, remember what uh, 
uh, God said to Jeremiah when uh, he was concerned about his strength, uh, God says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 12.5, If thou hast run with a footman, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if the land of peace wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Remember that? So uh, if, you're, if the footmen are wearying you, what are you going to do uh, when you face the horsemen? You see, this is a mighty army. What? Because what? They're all on horses. We don't even mention footmen. Okay? So again, in, in, in Joel's eyes, wow. These guys, they don't, they don't have the foot, guy, you know, foot guys. They've got, all, they got, all got horses. Remember what the, what, uh, the, the armies of Babylon said uh, to the mocking uh, uh, Jerusalem when they had their armies surrounded? We'll send you in some horses and chariots and see if you can put bodies on and then we'll fight you. We'll give you some military power, you know. We'll see what you do. You still won't be able to take us. Remember that? Well, now he's pointing out a great army where they're all on horses. Uh, and it's uh, the idea just uh, of a great army. And he says, and I will plead against him, this army. And that word, plead has the idea of judging I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. God's saying what he's going to do to that army, okay? Now, you compare that with Revelation. Uh, Revelation 16.6. 6. Uh, he gathers the armies together. 16.16. 16. He gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue uh, Armageddon. Uh, the seventh angel poured out his vial, uh, verse 17. Uh, there are voices, verse 18, uh, thunders, lightnings, and there was what? A great earthquake, a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. Uh, so he, uh, the great city was divided in three parts, verse 19, that would be Jerusalem. Great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give under her the cup of wine, fierceness of wrath. Every island fled away. The mountains were not found. Verse 21. And there fell upon men what? A great hail out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent. Did you get that? Preacher, do you really think that's, a, that's live, talking about literal, literal, literal hail there? Well, yes, I do. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> Hasn't God done that before? Hasn't God used hail uh, before in, in, in battles? What about God bringing Israel out of Egypt? Uh, Exodus 9.23 Moses stretched forth his rod toward the heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail and the fire ran along the ground and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt I don't see a problem uh, with the uh, Lord sending hail what about Joshua uh, in Joshua 10 when Joshua was bringing the children of Israel into their promised land and they had that uh, that that first that, that southern campaign of the of the land of promise there and they went in there and of course the Gibeonites they did, did their little trickery you know and 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 uh, convinced Israel to take them on as uh, and, and accept them in. Well, the other uh, uh, five uh, kings of the Amorites found out about that, and so they all gathered together and, and to go up to it and to attack to attack Gibeon. And uh, God said, "Don't fear him. You go after him. I'll give him to you." All those armies. And the Bible says in Joshua ten nine, Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly, and went up from Gilgal all night. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel that, and were in the going down to Beth Horan that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them. Uh, 
unto Azekah, and they died. They were more which died with the hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew in the sword. Did you get that? Great hailstones cast down. Uh, yeah, I think they were literal. Uh, remember what God said to Job when he was kind of reminding Job of all the things he didn't know about toward the end of, those, uh, of, the, uh, of the book of Job? Uh, God said to Job, Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Hast thou seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? <laughs> have you not heard? Have you not seen what I've got here? What I've, you know, don't you remember how I've worked? And uh, one of the things that he used, what, in the day of battle was that great reserve of hail <laughs> that he has. And yes, he'll, he'll be using that again one day and men will be cursing him uh, for that those who those who don't uh, uh, don't worship him so upon that uh, upon that uh, re that repentance uh, Joel for, for, for foretells the blessings and restoration uh, that will come God will restore the kingdom with its blessings to Israel after Armageddon and so Joel uh, 2 21 and following fear not O land be glad rejoice Lord will do great things be not afraid ye beasts of the field the pasture of the wilderness do spring. The, the tree beareth her fruit. Uh, the, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad, ye children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. He hath given you the former rain moderately. He will cause to come down for you the, uh, the rain, the former rain, the latter rain in the first month. And, and, uh, and we might assume that God would restore, would restore that with their local uh, circumstance as well uh, if they had repented and, and, and come to him. We're not you know, told the details of that. The floors shall be full of wheat. The fat shall overflow with wine and oil. I restore you the years the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. That goes a little farther than just the Joel, than Joel's immediate circumstance. Jeremiah foresaw of the goodness of the Lord to come as well. Uh, uh, with towards Israel, uh, Jeremiah thirty-two forty. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I, I will not turn away from them to do them uh, uh, to do them good, but I will put my, my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. Uh, Jeremiah thirty-two forty-two. Thus saith the Lord: Like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, so will I bring them all the good that I have promised them. And of course, that was that was uh, during the time of the attacks of, of Babylon and such that, uh, that uh, God was speaking through, through Jeremiah there. And so he continues in Joel 2.27, You shall know I, then you shall know that I, am, uh, that I am in the midst of Israel, that I, the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Uh, when, shall, when shall he know that? Uh, after he's turned back the northern army. Uh, Joel said, God said to Joel there earlier, I'll, I'll turn back the northern army. So now it's after that, after that, uh, uh, shall, uh, they shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people should never be ashamed. That's what Israel comes to after those battles in the, in the tribulation period. The northern army is turned back. Uh, he, and then look at verse Joel 2.28. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That should be sounding familiar. 
I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out of my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. See, he's been, uh, he's been pointing to that. Uh, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now, uh, we're going to come back to that. We're going to look at that because uh, this is referred to uh, by Peter as he's preaching in the book of Acts. You might uh, look there in Acts chapter 2. Uh, they're speaking in tongues. The Spirit has you know, fallen upon them, and uh, the Lord has risen. It's uh, Pentecost, and uh, they're mocking them and such, Acts 2.15. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Say, so wait a minute, wait a minute, preacher. Peter's talking about Pentecost. You just told me that Joel there is fulfilled in the tribulation. That's right. That's right. What is happening here? What is, what is Peter saying? Well, let's look at closely at this. Uh, Peter, he says, this is that. He says uh, in Acts 2.15, uh, um, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. We're going to see some differences in what Peter is saying here and what Joel is saying, okay? Uh, Peter is what? In the church age now, right? Joel, can Joel see the church age? He can't. It's, it's, it's hidden to him. So Joel is not prophesying of the time that Peter spoke. You see that? What Peter is saying is, what Joel said would happen, the pouring out of the Spirit upon all flesh. By the way, what, what, what's going to happen there? At the tribulation, in the tribulation period, those who believe in Christ, what? Are we going to receive the Holy Spirit, what? Just like you and I did. When they believe, right? That's what's going to happen. And what Peter is saying is, uh, you're seeing it. What, what God said he would do when the time of Joel does come, you're seeing it now. Uh, people, people are going to be filled with the Spirit. You're seeing that. And we're going to look at some differences, I think, that, that point that out. Uh, uh, Joel said uh, about this time, and of course, it points to the tribulation time because we have some ap ap apocalyptic language here and such. We see often... Uh, I'll show wonders in heaven and earth, Joel says, and Joel writes in Joel 2.30, uh, blood, fire, pillars of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, okay, before that great and terrible, uh, notable day of the Lord come. And then in Acts chapter 2, uh, we read uh, the same thing that Peter says, the sun, verse 20, shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Did that happen? Uh, before, before the Spirit was poured out on people at Pentecost? No, it didn't. It didn't. 
Let's, continue, let's, let, let, let's read what Joel says and compare it with, with what Peter says. Joel says this. Uh, after the afterwards, Joel 2.28, after this battle I've told you about, and the tribulation, I'm going to pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I'm going to you know, show the wonders and all this talks about what happens in the tribulation period and all that. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Those who call upon the name of the Lord in the tribulation, what? They get saved. The remnant of Israel who call upon the name of the Lord, what? Get delivered. Uh, okay? And then, uh, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. Where is Jesus going to be after the tribulation? In Mount Zion, right? He's going to be in Jerusalem. He's going to be in the millennial kingdom. You see that? That's where, that's where it's going to be. We're not told much about, about salvation during the millennium. I imagine there's people going to be saved during the millennium. You know, I imagine they're going to, Jesus is going to be reigning. I imagine they're going to believe and be saved. Uh, there'll be some that reject him, obviously. We know that. Uh, but some of those that are born in the millennium that weren't, everybody that was in the millennium is saved, but the children are born with sinful natures just like you and I. Those are uh, the children that are born in the millennium. Some of them are going to believe. We're not told much about their salvation experience and all that. Uh, but uh, in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now who's Joel speaking to? That's the remnant of Israel. That's the remnant that gets saved. Joel doesn't see the church age. But what Peter is saying is, <laughs> hey, what Joel didn't see? <laughs> it's happening right now. You're seeing the miracle that Joel spoke of. Not the time. That's yet to come. Joel's exactly right on that. But what Joel didn't know was God was going to do that miracle earlier with the church age. He was going to pour his spirit not on all, but on all who believe. But there was what? 3,000 saved the day of Pentecost? There was, there was a limited number. But his spirit was what? Poured out on all that believe. Now, at the end of the tribulation, here's the fact. All believe. <laughs> all believe. I mean, every, everybody going to the tribulation believes. Not so at Pentecost. There were thousands, but it wasn't all. And look at the difference. Joel says, in Mount Zion in Jerusalem shall be deliverance in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now, look at Peter. Peter says, uh, and it shall come to pass, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then, then where, does, where does Peter go from there? Uh, look at... Uh, Look at, uh, let's see, Acts uh, 2, 2.22. Let me get there, Acts 2.22. You men of Israel, hear these words. And he tells about Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of, of you as yourself also know. Him be delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Joel didn't see that. See? Whom God had raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. And he talks about David spoke of him. 
therefore did my heart rejoice, my tongue was glad. He says, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou hast known, made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy count. This is David. This is, this is uh, uh, th- th- things that Joel didn't see the church age. But he says, Men and brethren, and now Peter begins to speak about Jesus and uh, about how David prophesied of Jesus. And if you go down to verse 33 in Acts 2, look what Peter says. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, where's Jesus? Is he in Jerusalem? No. Salvation's not in Jerusalem. Salvation's at the right hand of the throne of God. You see that? Therefore, being at the right hand of God exalted, having received the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has sent forth this which ye now see and hear. So, the miracle that God will do, uh, just as Joel said he would, he also did at Pentecost. And Peter was saying, here it is. Here's what God's going to do if you guys will wake up. And he, this is what he said. And uh, that's what he's saying there. But they took place at different times. And so that's why we don't see you know, those things that when, when Peter wasn't saying that, that Joel's prophecy was, was fulfilled there because obviously all the things that Peter spoke were not fulfilled at that time. Including uh, uh, the pouring out of the Spirit which Joel spoke of, which was the same thing, only, a diff- only later at a different time. And that's what Peter was saying there uh, when, he, uh, uh, when, he, uh, when he saw that, when the, when the Lord showed him that. Uh, he, says, uh, he says he's at the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father. He's, he's, he's shed forth this which ye now see. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Where is Jesus? Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. That's where he's at. <laughs> And that's where he'll be, what? Until he comes back and what? Sits on the throne and once again, salvation is in Jerusalem. Deliverance is in Jerusalem. And uh, so it'll all come to pass. And it'll all fit together uh, just the way that God plans it. So we can capitalize on the fact that, uh, uh, that through Israel's disobedience and blindness, we have the opportunity, opportunity to live in a time that was actually hidden from Joel. Uh, we didn't have to wait. <laughs> Uh, until the arm that, that, that all those battles had taken place uh, and get the spirit uh, God, God uh, uh, did uh, that for us through Christ uh, God sent him to die and rise again uh, Israel rejected him and we can be thankful that we, that we live in a time that the Old Testament saints didn't see and we get to partake of, of these blessings that God, that God spoke of uh, he looked ahead and saw the, 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 the fullness of the Spirit being poured out on the believing remnant of, of Israel and all the world entering into the millennium. He didn't see the great and terrible... He, he, uh, he didn't see that Christ would build his church and make the Gentiles in Israel one body in the Lord. He didn't see that before the great and terrible day of the Lord, God would pour out his Spirit, not on all, but on all who would believe. Yet the pouring out and the indwelling of the Spirit is the same. At the end of the tribulation, uh, we, uh, we see that and the, the, those going in. Um, so he's not in Jerusalem. Now, uh, there was, uh, when, uh, when, Christ returned, when Christ was on the earth, there was, there was still worship in the temple. Why? Because Christ was there. Remember what he told the, 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 uh, the lepers and such? Go to the temple. Go offer the things uh, that the priest said. Why? Because he was there. His presence was there with them. 
uh, and uh, and so he wasn't telling them to do some go do some vain worship. Uh, that was they were still under the law, and he, that's what he told them. That's what he told them in the temple to go do. Uh, but when Peter was speaking about that Holy Spirit being poured out, was Jesus at the temple then? Was his presence there then? No. The temple at that time was what, in a sense, yes, the Holy Spirit was poured out. But the, but the worship of the Jews was, was at that time desolate because why? They had already officially rejected Christ. They crucified him and he'd risen again. And yes, because they were in the, in the temple, that's where they, God filled the spirit, but that didn't make the temple blessed. You see what I'm saying? Uh, the temple in the, in the Jews' worship was still desolate. His presence was not there. His presence was with the church who happened to be meeting at the temple. And, uh, and, so, and so we see that. And we see Jesus kind of foretelling of that. John 4, 21. Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. He saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh. It's not here yet. The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet Jerusalem worship the Father. See, when he told her that, they were still doing some worship at the temple, which was accepted because Jesus was there. He said, but the hour is coming when that's not going to matter. And when was that? After the rejection of Christ. And he says, but then Jesus tells her, but the hour cometh and now is that when the, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh all, uh, for, seeketh such, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. So I, I want you to worship in spirits and truth, uh, whether you're in Samaria or Jerusalem. <laughs> but the hour is coming when there's not going to be a, a special place. And that, and that would come when Christ was rejected. And Jesus told uh, the scribes and Pharisees and such when he was rejected, Luke 13, 35, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And so uh, that house was left, was, left, uh, was left desolate. And those disciples, uh, uh, you know, Jesus, the Lord was a while. We read, we read uh, the scriptures. And the Lord was a while getting them weaned off of, uh, you know, off of the temple and such. And getting them to go out into the world like they were supposed to go. Under, under Jerusalem, under Judea, and, and uh, uh, all that God had done through Israel, what was the, what was the call? It was, it, was, it was, come see. Come see what God is doing in Jerusalem. If strangers come, well, invite them in. And, uh, and you'll have the same law for strangers as you have for yourself. They get to worship with you. And the, he talked about that in the, in, even in the Old Testament. Have them come. But what changed with the New Testament? In the Old Testament, it was come and see. New Testament's what? Go and tell. Go and tell. Now I want you to go out. You are the temple of God. This church is a, you are a, this church is a temple of God. Now I want you, church, to go out into the world. Go out into the world. That's what God, that's what God, that's what God was doing at the time of Pentecost. Uh, and they happened to be meeting in the temple. And the Spirit fell upon them, just as it will at the end of the tribulation, uh, on all those who believe and that will be all uh, and, uh, and they will go into, into the millennium in mortal bodies uh, born again just the same way that you and I got born again 
by repenting of our sins and putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And uh, it's a wonderful thing, amen, that we got to do it now. <laughs> we got to bow before Jesus now and have him as our, as our, as our Lord, as our friend, as our brother, as our Savior. And uh, what, a, what a wonderful life uh, we, we enjoy. What a wonderful privilege that we have uh, being known as those who call upon the name of the Lord and those who, uh, who, are, who are disciples who, who endeavor to follow um, in his steps. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And, and Lord, uh, I thank you for these blessed scriptures. And I thank you for these uh, prophets and uh, these uh, men and women who were faithful to declare your word as you spoke it to them, dear God. And, and Father, so now we have this, this complete record of all that you have wanted us to have and you've preserved it for us. And, and we can see this progressive revelation uh, through the word. Uh, we see others uh, speaking the same things that Joel spake and adding even more details to them as, as, as time progressed. And, and, uh, and Father, we, we can even look back now on so many prophecies and see them fulfilled. And Father, we know uh, by faith and, and not a blind faith, but we've seen through history uh, the prophecies fulfilled from the scripture. I know it was one of the things that you used, Lord, to call me into the ministry. I'll never forget that, uh, learning about how the Old Testament prophecies and the nations of the nations right up uh, for, for a thousand years uh, from Daniel were, were fulfilled, dear God, according to the way uh, that you said they would be. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And Father, uh, uh, I, just, I just thank you for that. We know you're going to come, Lord, we're looking for you, and I pray that you'd ready our hearts, that you'd loosen our loves and our hold upon this world. Dear God, help us to be looking uh, for that time to come. Help us to be uh, aware of souls around us, dear God, who need the gospel. Please give us opportunities to share, to share the word with them, Father, and continue to draw, to draw those whom, whom you are drawing, dear God. And, and I pray that they would yield to you and be saved and that we might be able as a church to have a part in, in seeing uh, more souls saved, more lives changed, more believers grow, ourselves grow. Dear God, please, for your glory. And, and Father, help us in all this, Father, as we wait to be joyful, uh, loving brothers and sisters in Christ and to be those who also uh, love the people of this world, uh, being, Lord, in this world, but, but not of this world. And, and Father, uh, we look to that. We look continually, uh, Lord, for your transforming power uh, day by day, for your strength in our lives uh, to help us to walk with you. There's not a day or a moment comes by that we don't need you. And, and, and Lord, we're thankful that there's not a day or a moment goes by that you're not here with us, that you are not nigh at hand uh, to call upon. So we thank you for that. Lord, we give you praise and to help us to be witnesses for you this week, if you tarry. And, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.